0: Of course, as uh, Ramadan began uh, over the weekend on April 2nd, the holiest month in Islam, uh, a good question for all of us as we look at how do we interact uh, with those uh, Muslims and those of the Islamic faith. Uh, How do we build those bridges of understanding? It's something we've talked a lot about on this program. We featured it over the weekend. Uh, Some really unique things taking place there. Uh, But now that we are into Ramadan, we wanted to get some interesting perspective in terms of how is American business ready for Ramadan? And joining us on the line is uh, one of our favorites. Maya Gerardot uh, joins us from Florida. And, uh, of course, she uh, writes regularly for the Deseret News. Maya, thanks for jumping on today.
1: Thanks for having me, Boyd.
0: And I should say Ramadan Mubarak, right? Is that the proper greeting as we start Ramadan?
1: <laughs> yes, or Ramadan Kareem also is great.
0: <laughs> so as, as we look at that and uh, how, how we can support those uh, for maybe just a little backstory in terms of what actually takes place during Ramadan and how does it actually impact uh, especially workers uh, in businesses here in the U.S.?
1: yeah well ramadan is, is super intense but let me just say that you know from the get-go um it's it's not just about the fasting. i think that a lot of people think i i think that the average american knows that ramadan is a month month of fasting and that is definitely you know a big part of it um the fasting takes place from sun out to sundown And it's a complete fast, meaning that there's no, you know, water, no coffee, no no, no nothing, you know, no fluids, no food. But then you break the fast at sundown. It's not about the food. It's also about stepping up your um, prayer practice and your reflection, you know, being really um, aware and intentional in how you behave and, and what you do. Conflict. You're not supposed to really engage in conflict during the month of Ramadan. You're supposed to kind of keep your anger in check as well. Keep your words, you know, sweet and pleasant and kind. There's also, you know, the the evening prayer goes longer than usual and can sometimes be, you know, two hours. So it's really, really intense. And uh, another thing that, you know, observant Muslims do during Ramadan is they will get up for something called suhoor. And that's before the sunrise. It's like a meal you know, that you have before sunrise in the dark. So, you know, so you get ready for the day ahead. So you're not starting out the day on an empty belly. But I mean, something that's really interesting about Ramadan is not, you know, that all of this disrupts also the circadian rhythm. So it's mm. not just like. Okay, you're fasting during the day, and then you have a meal, and then you go to bed, and it's fine. I spoke to a scientist last year that explained that, like, disrupting the times that you eat, like, throws your system into this whole different circadian rhythm, and like, you know, sleep might be disturbed as well, not just because you're getting up for suhoor, but because you know you don't eat all day, and then you eat late, you know, late in the evening. So I, it really throws the body into this kind of alternate you know this this almost altered reality that that helps to, I think, aid in in the attempt to kind of tweak your consciousness, right, and your spirituality and and your level of practice and your religion. And, and it's an amazing thing, you know.
0: Yeah, you know, just listening to, as you as you kind of went through some of those uh, important outcomes in terms of your prayer, in terms of being more intentional of avoiding conflict, uh, being peaceful, uh, extra attention to prayer. Uh, all of those i think we all uh, could use a little bit of that uh, in the world to maybe do a little reset uh, of our own and i know that you uh, do this you of course you are jewish and uh, but you go through ramadan and so just give us a, a little bit of your experience uh, going through this
1: yeah and and i feel like you know i want to preface that with like a kind of disclaimer that like i'm i'm not trying to appropriate anyone's culture you know i do yes. it because my husband is muslim and um he's actually secular so i kind of do the observance for both, <laughs> for both of us but but mostly i do it for our children because mm-hmm. we are you know in an interfaith family yeah. and trying to raise our children with both and so i mean early on i said well if my husband's not going to do it and bring this piece of his culture to them then then i'll do it and you know there are plenty of muslims who don't fast and my husband is one of those so I just want them to have a feeling, an example, you know. So, too, if we go back at some point to visit, to stay, whatever, this won't be foreign to them, you know. So I I also have on my phone an app. So the call to prayer goes and they hear it and they're used to that. So, you know, when we do go back to visit um, and my husband's family lives in the West Bank, um, you know, they won't be like, oh, what's that? When the call to prayer goes also, but anyways, you know, yeah, so the point is, is that I, I do um, fast during Ramadan and, you know, do Ishtar and we put on the table dates, you know, because most people break their fast with dates in a glass of water. And we do that. And yeah, and it's amazing. Like, I, I do feel that, you know, even though I'm, I'm Jewish, that this does bring me closer to God. And I, I do find myself kind of, I, I'm someone who's prone to self-criticism. So I'm always kind of reviewing my actions, but... I find that during Ramadan, um, it is a bit more intense. And and I do also try to read the Quran, which I've read several times already. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also try to follow that during Ramadan too, that that I'm reading the Quran. Sometimes I put the Quran on to play and I listen to it, you know, as I'm um, cooking dinner, for example. Things like this, you know, making iftar. you know, getting ready for iftar. I put the Quran on and, and stuff like this. And I think that the kids appreciate it. And I... My husband doesn't articulate it, but I think he does
0: appreciate it, <laughs> <laughs> Uh I, I think it's fantastic uh, that you do that and bring that uh, especially to your children. Uh, and again, such a great example. There are so many things that we can learn uh, from so many different faith traditions, and uh, I love that you're bringing that component uh, into your family in that way. I think that's uh, that's really extraordinary, and, and that will pay off big for your children as you go along. And as you look at how we uh, apply this, more broadly, again, as we try to understand each other, we're always talking about how do we better come to an understanding. You know, the the question, help me understand, I think, is one we, we need mm. to apply a lot more. Uh, you wrote a, a great piece for Deseret.com, uh, talking about it from a, an American business standpoint. Uh, what's it that American business has learned and is getting right? And, and where are there still some holes uh, in terms of uh, supporting those uh, going through uh, Ramadan?
1: Well, I feel like, you know, what I what I gathered from my interviewees is that American businesses, uh, by and large, have gotten it right on a policy level. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so many workplaces nowadays have, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion kind of initiatives or even policy. Right. And are, are mindful of how they treat employees as far as, you know, not being sued the policy sometimes there's a gap between policy and you know people and i don't know i mean you know what interviewees tell me is that yes a lot of american workplaces are great with policy but it doesn't always trickle down to how you know employees treat each other so there's still some work to be done on the on the front of you know interpersonal kindness and just you know understanding you know, awareness, understanding, you know, what Ramadan is, what Islam is, you know, that, you know, it's a religion of, of peace and, um, you know, charity, by the way, is a big component of Ramadan, Sadaka. And a lot of people don't know that as well, that there's also, this is also a special time that one pays more attention to their community. And, and that's, you know, a really fundamental, aspect of both Islam and, and Judaism. The point is, is that there, there needs to be, I think, greater awareness on an interpersonal level. So the policies reflect not just something on paper, but something that people are, are living out.
0: Yeah, and I think there's so many ways that we can do that. I think even just being aware uh, of that can make all the difference uh, for someone who's a manager, and uh, maybe you're scheduling uh, that really important, critical thinking meeting, you know, late in the afternoon for someone who's fasting. That that might be a really tough time to to be fully engaged and going, you know, towards the the end of a fast. And just being aware, mm-hmm. I think of some of those simple things of Hey, can we can we do the meeting in the morning? Would it be better if we if we push this to tomorrow? I think just that kind of personal awareness uh, is really what transcends the policy and really gets us to the people, as you were saying.
1: Yeah, and one of my interviewees spoke to that. She said, you know, that that managers and, and employees alike need to be aware of like how like this will look in the workplace. So, like a Muslim employee might skip out on like a lunch meeting or a dinner meeting because you know they're they're fasting. Or they might not be, you know, so keen to work overtime or they might not be available. Maybe they're usually available for evenings, but, but they're not because, you know, they're doing iftar or they're with their family or community and that there might be, you know, an uptick in holiday requests, things like this and that like people need to be mindful and sensitive. And I asked the silly question in the interview. I said something like, well, what about the, the issue of like avoiding anger and conflict and. And the interviewee, she was Sumreen Ahmad. She, she kind of laughed and said, well, we don't expect people to like walk on eggshells around us all <laughs> month, you know? And like that's also part of the practice, right, of Ramadan yeah. is that like you're encountering normal situations and reacting a bit maybe differently or more mindfully or more intentionally than you automatically would. Or normally would. So, you know, I thought that was a really good point that you can also go overboard <laughs> in being sensitive and like that you could end up kind of almost othering someone by walking on eggshells yeah. around them like, oh, it's Ramadan. Don't upset them. And, you know, I don't think that like I think it was a very good point that I don't think like a lot of people are looking for that level of sensitivity, but more just an awareness
0: so important. Yeah. So good. And uh, we're going to have you back as we go through the month, as we continue to, to focus on Ramadan uh, this month, this holy month, uh, and uh, all the things that go with it. Because I think there's so much that we can learn. Uh, from each other. I think this is part of building bridges uh, of understanding. And uh, Maya, I always appreciate your perspective and, and how you help all of us uh, understand so many different aspects of faith and family life and uh, and so many other things. Uh, thanks for joining us today. We'll uh, post this on our social media account. It was again on com. is corporate America ready for Ramadan uh, and so much more uh, yet to come. Maya, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure.
0: And uh, Ramadan Kareem to all of those uh, that are going through the month of Ramadan. And uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break when we come back. Some final thoughts. We've been here for one year now on the extended version of Inside Sources. A look back and a look ahead coming up next on KSL News Radio. Stay with us.
2: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten.